0: For today's episode of Artist Current, I talk to Silvia Gardini about her art, of course, as always here on, on the podcast, about drawing specifically and why it's so important to her, and about being in search of your own identity and digging deeper into your cultural heritage. I'm your host, Habita Nagy, and let's get right into the episode. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Artist Current. I'm here today with Silvia Gardini, an artist based here in Munich, uh, also studying at the academy here. And where are you now? How are you?
1: Hi Davida. I'm in Munich, I just came from the academy and so far I've been managing to survive this lockdown, this corona situation, I'm pretty okay.
0: It's good, glad to hear. So about your work, you start with your work and with you, you're not from Munich. Let's start there. How how did you come to Munich?
1: That's right. I was born and raised in the Netherlands and I came to Munich about two years ago. I started the academy last year in October. And my dad is from Piemonte in Italy and my mom is from Thailand and Mm -hmm. yeah. But I've lived in the Netherlands all my life, and yeah, my work is actually also about trying to trying to work with all these different identities and nationalities and different backgrounds.
0: And how did you choose uh, Munich? How did you come to Munich specifically, then?
1: I was working at a law firm, I studied law. And I was working at a law firm. and then, I just needed, I needed a change and I always wanted to, always wanted to go to art school. It was one of Mm -hmm. of my dreams. And first I traveled during, I took a sabbatical and first I traveled. And somehow at a certain point I said, I thought, okay, I need to, I need to be in one place and focus on what I want to do. And uh, the first thing that came to mind was to, was to rent a space. In Munich, where I also spent my last couple of months working at the firm for on a on a project. So for some, I don't know, maybe I felt that I wasn't done with Munich yet, and I wanted to leave Amsterdam. I wanted to change the scenery, and so I ended up renting this atelier space in the, some garage in a, in a hinterhof in uh, the Herzogstraße. It was actually not the best atelier space it was freezing cold in Bavarian winter there was no heating apart from this gas gas heater where you had to had to open all the windows with every two hours because otherwise you would you could get you would risk getting getting intoxicated and it was freezing it was not ideal but And people started suggesting to suggesting to me, why don't you just apply to art school? Have you thought about it? And by then, I had already been following live drawing sessions at the academy for fun, two days a week. And so I tried. I gave it a go, and I got accepted. So here I am.
0: Yeah, glad to have you here in Munich. And. Yeah, and as you said, you started with drawing session at the academy, and I will also say that your practice right now, your artworks is heavily based in drawing. At least yes. that's my perception of it. But your motives are very varied, actually. Like you draw a lot of different things. What What would you say? What is your favorite type of motive to draw?
1: As I mentioned, I try. I've been trying to reconcile these different heritages that I have especially being in Munich, sort of, it's it gives me the calm of really reflecting on that, because, well, it's kind of a, I wouldn't say boring, but it's a very, yeah, it's a very calming, calming city. So I've been thinking a lot about where I'm from, where my parents are from, and living, having memories and linked to different countries, different places, and different times. And so that's why I've been trying to work with memories and how memories and experiences compose your... Together, all together, they compose your identity and how you see yourself and and who I am, especially since I don't have my family in Munich. I basically just have my memories and my heritage to really determine who I am because I'm not in my home country so I carry all that with me and that's why I work a lot with memories of landscapes and memories of still life I know it's very classical but I I've been working on how memories are depicted how they are registered in your mind so I'm trying to go from really a standard vision of a landscape, for example, the mountains in Piemonte, and I've been trying to think of how how I felt at that moment, where I was, where I am, what this Italy means to me, for example, and I try to make another version of that, of how I remember it, and um, trying to reflect that uh, in my work. So sometimes it's very figurative, like, like very bound to places, for example, A table setting or like a still life or landscape very linked to to places and sometimes I like to analyze it more and that's when I work uh, with numbers as well I made one work for which I can briefly explain I took a canvas and on that canvas I wrote down a selection of dates of memories birth dates of persons who are meaningful to me so that's already a a question for myself like what what dates and what places and what moments contribute to who i am so that that can be good that can be bad that can be the classic when i finish my master or when i graduated but also things that maybe are significant in one culture, but maybe not in the other, or maybe not for me. Maybe there's also good things or bad things, or there can be random, random, de- uh, random meetings with people that have a very strong, that left a very strong imprint in, in, in who I am. And what I like about it is that even though it is completely standardized, because I put I just used Times New Roman font. There's only black and white and a bit of red. And I tried to make it as abstract, as basic, as impersonal as as possible. Because practically I try to depict something, an emotion or memory or feeling that you cannot that you cannot really grasp into something because it's something immaterial. So I try to standardize it. And what I like about it is that there's always a component that is personal. Somehow the randomness of life seeps through it. For example, there's there's a classic. There's my mom's birth date. And she's from this tiny village in Thailand. She's from Kantang in the south. And they use the Buddhist calendar. So it's already 250-something years ahead. So that is already one component that changes the standard date and the second is that she actually has two birth dates on on the canvas because she has one official one and one unofficial one because the the bureaucracy well the um, the standard state structures of birth registration were not really in place at the time so that's also a way that the randomness of everyday life is reflected in something that just looks like a set of numbers.
0: What I'm asking myself right now is do you think like when you depict something more figuratively do you do completely from memory is the first one and the second question is that do you think that the um, viewers, the people who look at your, your work like that they get more of a feeling maybe for for this heritage and memory topic on the more figurative works or on the more like abstract ones you do? I think,
1: I think, let me start with the second question. I think the the more figurative ones, for example, the different landscapes that I make, I think that is easier to understand for the viewer, that they see that this is, this is something that they know they recognize it as a mountain landscape or something and but they see also that it's not necessarily a realistic depiction of it so then they can start thinking about it and maybe the numbers require more explanation but you see people i've had a couple of friends who were like sylvia can you make can we make a list for me like this or i want to make one i want to make a list too of what would i put on it am i on it am i on yours yeah, yeah so but that's you know, it's so personal, but I think I, yeah, I, I see when I explained it, that it really sort of triggers something in them. And to your first question, whether I use a, a work from a photo, I I start the very first sketch from a photo, but after that, I try not to use it. I try to think of, I think of, try to think of how I felt at that point and the memory and what that heritage means to me, what that place means to me. And then I work from that. I use different colors, I use different techniques. So it's really just sort of a, a moment impression of, of that.
0: And yeah, and you said just that you use different colors, but nevertheless, like the black and white and the drawing, the line is very permanent in your work. And I wanted to ask you about about this, about why this white and like this high contrast and. And maybe it has all, also something to, to do with this memory and past topic, but that's speculation just now.
1: <laughs> I've been working a lot with with black and white because I, I, I started working a lot at the beginning with Tusha with East Indie with ink that is really, really black. And I, what I really enjoyed about it is that you can really make fragments of it. You can make a fragmented depiction of uh, a table setting which I feel uh, for and table settings still life for example for me are very much bound to who's at the table who's not at the table where where is it what is on the table I I mean in an Italian Thai German household Dutch household this can be anything and it doesn't necessarily even have to be linked to that country if you see if I draw god knows if i draw a plate of spaghetti that doesn't mean that it has to be in italy for me that means maybe the netherlands and sometimes that means so i i try to play with how these type of visions or mental pictures are bound to a country and are bound in time yeah and i started using a lot more colors recently to really try to continue work through that and go beyond the black and white and further stylize it.
0: Do you use drawing uh, as the, your foremost technique and not for example, painting or yeah, sculpture or whatever? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's because I, I really feel at home with the with the drawing, with the technique, with the drawing technique, with drawing more than painting. I don't know if you have I have more control of what I want to show and I feel more confident in make in the lines that I make and also like the idea that with a line you can really hint at something So with painting you have to fill in every square centimeter of it
0: so it's like the first thing is like feeling at home the technique, but also the other thing is like a certain way of abstraction what you mentioned before with the ink that you can like fragment it. Your images with the drawing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What are you type of thing are we working on right now? I'm
1: continuing. I'm doing two things. I'm I continued working on the on the numbers. I'd like to work more on the numbers, the series of numbers, and yeah, as I explained, to really work further that concept. And the second thing is I started something completely new, but it's an experiment, really. I really like the Thai font also because I always used to speak German with my mom because my parents, they met in Germany. So at home at the dinner table, in the Netherlands, we always spoke very broken, <laughs> broken Schwäbisch German. So I never really got to, got to learn Thai. And that is also a very strong issue, very strong theme for me personally. So I'm sort of fascinated by this font, this mother language that I cannot read and that I think is also visually very beautiful. So trying to make a painting using that font and using also icons, icons of Thai culture and things like that. I finished the paint, the the paint is still wet actually on on the first in this series. And I actually only found out yesterday, I, I used it from a photo used the type I wrote something and I used the type from a photo that I took and I only this morning I woke up to messages from Thai people telling me uh what it means because I have no idea I really I have no idea and it means big boss <laughs> so I, I kind of like that yeah I tried to teach myself Thai using the using the letters but then I discovered that they when they write they you they like, to combine words, different words, write them together. So that was actually really
0: yeah. Cool. Well, but that's also a little bit maybe like in the German language, we found in German you call it new, like to build to to your three words and just mash them together. And every other language is grabbing the, the head and being "What the hell are you doing?"
1: That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> but I think also it's. It's more, more generally, a personal confrontation. It's not just writing something a word down, painting a word in a, you know that I that I just don't know what it means or just because it looks nice. It's also my confrontation with the fact that I'm part of, I'm part of a heritage that uh, where when I'm in Thailand I don't understand what people are saying, you know what I mean. So I can ne- I will never as long as I don't know the language I will definitely not even come close to even be part of that, and also. In the communication with my mother, it doesn't always make it easy. So, yeah, that is that's why it's also part of this identity thing.
0: Now that you're trying to learn the language and get closer to this, yeah, heritage you have to the culture of it. Do you like speak Thai with your mother now? It's hard,
1: <laughs> but I do my best. Who knows? One day. In the meantime, I'll just try to make art about it. <laughs> try to make mm-hmm. work about it.
0: All right, and I'm thinking right now, we what kind of show or publication or whatever type of media pieces have you seen recently that, like, inspired you? Because in terms of corona, especially with the new, with the second lockdown now in Germany, it's uh, really hard to participate in culture. So <laughs> I was wondering about what inspires you recently. I don't know. I think
1: I've just been doing a lot of, personal research due to the crisis and not being able to go to museums. We will also be talking about the article that i that I sent you. and so I've been really researching that that topic as well. It's about institutions and and violence, and the role of the academy towards their students and how to different channels are the right way to 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 bring change and generally the structure of the art world i'm planning on making a couple of uh, a number of works on this theme and they will be very they'll be more like a statement and very textual and so i think yeah this is something i what i realized for example is that if i want change I go about it the lawyer way (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that that is different maybe from the artist way. And yeah, so that is also really a conversation that that I've been having with myself. Uh, I realized how that I, I have a very formal way of thinking and that this is a clash in my brain that I've been having since I started the academy really.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to these works and to seeing them and maybe also... Witnessing a tiny scraps of the process. <laughs> yes. Do you have you have your artist suggestions ready for artist current? Right.
1: Yes. So The first one for my first suggestion is Afra Eisma. She's an artist in the, in the Netherlands who also works with ceramics. And I recently discovered her also through this this debate that's been going on in the cultural world in the Netherlands. And so I learned a lot from her from her posts also on Instagram about, yeah, generally about what's going on and what you can do if you don't agree with something. And yeah, so that's my, that's my first suggestion. The second is Time van der Sloot, who I met during my residency last year at the Amsterdam Grafis Atelier at the AGA lab, AGA, and He's from. He's an artist in uh, Amsterdam who works a lot with, with dots. <laughs> you have to look at his work to really. But he he only works with dots, and I think that's really that's really interesting. The third one is Ezekiel, Argentinian artist based in Berlin, who I also met during this residency. We did the residency at the same time practically, and he does a lot of screen printing and painting, and he. He also uses a lot of geometric shapes and forms, and I don't know I was with with his works, I always feel like he tries to capture some sort of system in the universe in colors and through colors and geometry, and they're almost his works are almost spiritual, which i I really like it. It's very different from from my my drawings, but I always feel very inspired when I look at his works.
0: All right, then we have three. Yes, great.
1: Um, this is gonna go. Artist currents will expand to the Netherlands from here. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, I, I, I noticed. I really-
1: <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good <laughs> to break the Munich friend circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's already, it's already going to Vienna, little by little. Like I have a couple suggestions in Vienna right now as well, and I really like this that it's spreading to the Netherlands now. <laughs> yeah, really nice. Looking forward to that too. Maybe at one point I can I can start doing travels like when Corona is, is, is gone or something that I can collect like from different countries, maybe a few and then just go there and visit. Yeah, yeah. That would be nice. That was everything on the episode with Sylvia about her art. Since you stick around till now, I have now a bit of an announcement to make if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, we have another episode up with Sylvia about a news article from the Netherlands and a case from the Netherlands on the culture industry there and, and a bit about the culture industry as a whole and it has a bit of a trigger warning to it which is why I have it in a separate episode so if that doesn't bother you then it's also explained a bit more in the beginning what the trigger warning is about then you can go there check that episode out i highly recommend it. it was a really interesting and important talk and yeah that's it for the episode i guess and yeah as always if you enjoyed it then hit the subscribe or follow or whatever it's called in your application button and yeah let's meet again the next time we have an episode up And we have an Instagram account as well. It's at Artists Current. I have it linked in the description as well as Sylvia's Instagram and everything where you can find her, of course. And um, yeah, that's it. Basically, let's meet again.